Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. I'm going to get into our message. We are in the middle of a series called Free Indeed. We kicked off this series um, last week. By the way, I like the, I like the candles up here. It reminds me of, do you guys remember MTV Unplugged, like the acoustic set that they did? I was talking with Greg, Pastor Greg, a couple weeks ago, and the the era that we were in, we both listened to Nirvana, okay? And so, um, I'm not endorsing that band, I'm just saying I used to listen to them, and their Unplugged set, MTV Unplugged, in the 90s, was super cool. Anyway, that's what I feel like this is, but worshiping Jesus, so... Okay, um, over the past two weeks, I felt like the Lord has um, highlighted freedom. Um, and I, I believe that um, we're, we're going to season where God wants, wants his people free from any and all chains that could be hindering you back. If there's anything um, encumbering you, anything holding you back, I believe that God wants to bring freedom to you in your life, any form of bondage, any form of slavery. And um, so we, we kicked off the series called Free Indeed last week. I'm going I'm to open it with this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Okay? It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Why has he set us free? For freedom. Right? Um, he, didn't, he didn't set you free for money. He didn't set you free for control. You know, like some people have the capacity to set other people free, but they have motives behind it. Right? Why did Jesus do it? His motive in setting you free was that you'd be free. Why? Because you were created to be free. Amen? And sometimes people get this, this misconception. I think the world has this misconception. If I submit my life to Christ, if I give my life to him, if I hand everything over to him, then, then I'll be controlled, then I'll be, you know, I'll be encumbered, I'll be, I'll be hindered. I mean, listen, I just want to say, giving your life to Jesus is the most freeing thing you can ever do. Because the only way to get free is to give your life to Jesus. Because whether you know it or not, you were in bondage before you came to Jesus, okay? Um, But what I want you to notice about this verse is that it's possible to be under a yoke of slavery even after you're a Christian. So let's look at this again, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened, uh, burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Everyone say burdened again. Okay, it's possible to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery even after you've become a Christian. And so in this season, I want to hone in and focus on breaking free from any and all chains that might be hindering us. We've got our freedom class um, that's coming up in the next uh, couple of weekends. Uh, We've got amazing small groups where you can get plugged in. Be uh, diligently pursuing the Lord. If there's any area of your life that just, this still hinders me, this holds me back. Man, this is a season to get free from that thing, okay? I just really want to encourage you with that. Today will be uh, part two in this series. Before we get into the new content, I want to do a a brief review. Um, the, the, The title of my sermon last week was called, Why Sermons Are Not Enough. Okay, I wrote a sermon on why sermons are not enough. Why you need more than just sermons. And the reason for that is that God has designed this in such a way that you, you don't need just sermons. You need people. I need you. You need me, right? And you might need the person across the room, and they might need you. 
And this is just the way he's set up. He's set up that we're, we're a family. We're a family of believers. How many, how many, you know, there's lots of people in the world that have a connection to the Father. They're connected to Father God, but they're not connected to the body of Christ. We need to be connected to the body of Christ because actually healing comes through the body of Christ. Okay, um, go ahead and put this up on the screens. We all need what? Genuine Christ-centered relationships. Okay, I highlighted this last week. Do you have in your life genuine Christ-centered relationships, okay? What we're doing here is important. Sermons are important. Corporate worship experiences are important. But what you really need in your life is genuine Christ-centered relationships. If you don't have those, you need to get those, okay? Um, Preaching is good, but is it enough? No, the Bible teaches that in the context of community, in the context of genuine Christ-centered relationships, that freedom comes to our lives. <clears throat> and of course, Harmony mentioned this you know, during, during the ministry time. You, you can um, learn how to be free and read books and all these things and get free and, and, and you have uh, people around you that lead you into freedom. Sometimes freedom happens in a moment. And sometimes there are other things in our life. We just need people to come alongside us and walk us into freedom, okay? And I don't know why that's the case. Some things just fall off you immediately when you get saved. Other times, it seems like you struggle with things for years and years. But maybe the missing key, the missing element in your life, if you're still hindered, is you haven't let anyone else into that process. You haven't let anyone else into that fight. Um, uh, My wife did a a message a couple weeks ago. She did a really good job. It's called, When the Pit Just Won't Quit. And she talked a little bit about the season that we have gone through. The beginning of the first half of this year has been (laughs) really hard, to be honest, (laughs) Um, especially for her um, with health issues and different things. and she did, she did a great job delivering like some really practical how-tos, um, what you do when the pitch just won't quit. One thing she didn't mention, I just thought this was worthy of mentioning in this review, is that when she was going through that season, she had a, I don't know what happened, like a real funk came over her for, for a few days. It was like a really dark place that she was going through. And to be honest, I, didn't, I could not snap her out of it. I'm like, stop, I'm going to pray for you. I'm gonna yell at you, you know. <laughs> I mean, like there's, <laughs> I'm gonna be nice to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I couldn't get her, you know. I'm gonna get you flowers. Now I'm gonna tell you to suck it up. Now I'm gonna pray for you know. It just nothing, nothing was working, right? And um, during that that season, she had a couple, a few ladies, that that had a burden of the Lord on their heart to come pray and minister to her. She got some ladies to come into our home and like, and they went to war for her. She got some lionesses to come around her and go to war for her and broke that stuff off of her, okay? She was able to have that because she has a connection to the body of Christ. Listen, sometimes you don't need another 10-step sermon or a 10-step program. Sometimes you need a lion or a lioness to come fight with you, amen? That's why it's so important to be connected to the body of Christ and be doing what we're doing here right now, okay? So, I'm a... Yeah, maybe make sure I'm at. Okay, so I, again, just really want to encourage you. Last week, um, uh, why sermons aren't enough? You need people. You need humans in your life. Christ-centered, genuine Christ-centered relationships. Okay, let's get into some new content. Um, I want to before I get into deep into the new content, I want to give a, a quick overview of where we're going to go over the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, the Bible teaches us that there's. In this life, there's really three things that will oppose us, that oppose our family, um, us, us personally, um, our, our destiny. There are three things that come against us. 
and three forms of bondage or three forms of slavery that we actually need delivered from, that we need freedom from. And we'll put these on the screens. Three forms of bondage we need freedom from. Number one, the world or worldliness, okay? We need freedom from the world or worldliness. We'll talk about that today. The second one is the flesh or the fallen nature, okay? We need freedom from that. And the third one is the devil or demonic uh, influences in our lives. These are three things that we need to be freed from. Um, Is it possible to be a Christian and to still be worldly? Yes. Is it possible for a Christian to still be um, encumbered by the things and the cares of this world? Yes. Is it possible to be a Christian and to be worldly? Yes. And it is bondage. It's slavery, okay? Is it possible to be a Christian and still be ruled by your carnal, fallen nature? Yes. And it, it is bondage. When you are ruled by the desires and the lust of the flesh, that's bondage. Like, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He wants to set you free. Listen, if you're ruled by the, the sinful nature, that's bondage, okay? Um, is it possible to be a Christian, and hear this, to either be influenced by, oppressed by, or possessed by demonic spirits? That's kind of a tricky question there, but we'll, we'll get into that in a couple weeks. I will say this at very least, of course, it is possible for a Christian to be influenced by demonic forces in this world. We're gonna talk about that in a couple weeks. I actually think it's really important that we do. Um, I I believe this is where the Lord is leading us. But actually, I think it's important to know the difference between these three, because how many know if you don't know what the problem is, it's hard to apply the solution? Okay, Um, we need to know when we're dealing with worldliness. We need to know when we're dealing with our fallen fallen nature. We need to know when it's a spiritual attack. because we, if we don't know the problem, it's hard to apply the solution. Let me give you an example of this. You can't disciple a demon, right? And you can't cast out the flesh, right? You can't, you can't disciple a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. But you can disciple a believer into ruling over their flesh, right? You can disciple a believer to be free from the flesh. And in the authority of Jesus Christ, you can cast out a demon, Okay, so it's important to know the differences. And today I just wanna hone in and focus on being free from the world, being free from worldliness. Okay, so what do I mean by that? What am I talking, Pastor Kurt, what are you talking about? Being free from the world. <clears throat> the Bible teaches us that even though we are in this world, in this present state, we are in the world, but we are not of this world, okay? Um, Christians... In this world, we're in it, but we should not be of it, okay? There should be, I hope there is, there should be a difference when you gave your life to Jesus. There should be a difference between before and after. There should be a difference between you and people you know who don't know the Lord, okay? That's not condemning the world. That's not saying whatever. It's just saying when you come to Jesus, there should be a change that happens in your life, okay? Um, The Bible teaches us that as Christians, we are aliens, we are pilgrims passing through this world, let me, I'll give you an example of that. Have you, ever, have you ever been somewhere where you just felt like, I'm a fish out of water? Like, do I belong here right now? You know, I still got like a sore thumb. Like, have you ever gone to another country and the culture is so different? You're like, whoa, I am not mixing in with these people. Have you ever been in a situation like this? <clears throat> One time, um, my dad, who I don't, I don't see him today, my dad um, really likes Brad Paisley, Okay. Country singer, you like Brad Paisley? Any Brad Paisley fans out there? Okay, I'm not, I, I listen to a little, Greg says he has skills, and I, th- I think that's definitely true. 
Um, I'm not a huge country guy. I, I do have some country music that I listen to um, here and there. Um, but my dad is, is big, like Brad Paisley's uh, fan. In fact, I think, you know how men sometimes are not good about talking about their emotions, you know? But, like, if you can give a good comparison. Like, I think my dad, if, if he doesn't know how to express himself, sometimes he's like, well, there actually is this Brad Paisley song that I think my feelings could best be expressed through this song. And we literally went on a road trip one time, and, like, he'd be talking about something. He's like, hey, that reminds me of a song. And he'd put us, Brad, Brad Paisley again. We listened to, like, so much Brad Paisley on that trip. Anyway, uh, so a few years back, he invites me, my wife, and my brother to a Brad Paisley concert. And I felt like a fish out of water because we get there. It was like a little bit culture shock. Like there's all these people line dancing. Everyone's holding a beer. People are spilling beer on me, like just dancing and going crazy. I'm like, okay, I feel like a fish out of water in this place. People spilling beer up on me. Okay, why? I was a stranger and I was an alien to that culture, okay? Maybe, maybe some of you are feeling that way right now. You're in church. You're like, well, I feel like a fish out of water right now. Who are these people, right? But... <laughs> Um, the, my point is that in this world, maybe if, if you have a sense like, man, I don't belong here. Maybe that's because you don't. Your home is actually in heaven, right? You belong to another, another world. You belong to a heavenly kingdom, okay? Um, we are in this world, the Bible teaches us, but we are not of this world. What we're about is not come from this world. Let me give you a few scriptures to kind of support this, okay? In John chapter 17 uh, Jesus is praying for the disciples. He says this, John 17, he says, Father, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Okay, the disciples, and same with us, we are in this world, but we're not, we're not of it. It's, we're not, our, our, our desires and our motivations and things like that should not come of this world, okay? Um, all right, let me, uh, I want to read to just kind of illustrate this more. Romans chapter 12, 2. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. We always read this in the NIV, but this is really cool the way the Passion says this. It says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Okay? Being worldly is a mindset. It's, it's, a, it's an alignment with the systems and patterns and ideals of this world. When we get saved, we're actually supposed to renew our minds, what we, what we value, what we think about, and how we process should be renewed, okay? And I will say this, um, maybe, maybe you gave your life to Jesus and you just feel like, man, this isn't working. Man, I, I'm, I'm not having victory in my life. I'm not seeing you know, God move in my life. Maybe it's because you, you kind of stopped short. You gave your life to Jesus, but then you didn't step forward and become a disciple, renew your mind, get into the word, get into community so that you could see victory happening everywhere in your life, Amen. And so, um, let me read one more verse. First uh, John chapter two, verses fifteen through seventeen. Again, this is the Passion translation. It says this: Don't set the affections of your heart on this world, or loving the things of this world. 
Watch this. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. Okay, the things the world values and loves and thinks are amazing are incompatible with the things the Father thinks are amazing and loves and values, okay? Verse 16. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of things of this world, and the obsession with status and importance, none of these come from the Father, but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away, but those who love to do the will of God will live forever. Okay, so worldliness is a system of thinking with man at its center. It's, it's humanistic in nature. It's got man at its center. It's, it's my rights, it's my desires, it's my expectations, and it's in alignment with really what this world wants, needs, and processes, okay? So basically, if it feels good, do it, right? That's the lust of the flesh, um, I got to keep up with the Joneses, right? So they have that. I need that. That's the lust of the eyes, right? Um, I need to feel important, so I'll, I'll, I will do what I need to do. I will step over who I need to step over to feel important. That's the pride of life, okay? That's the systems of the world. Um, but when we get saved, so worldliness is a, is a system. It's a pattern of thinking. When we get saved, hear this. We need deliverance from this system. You need to, to be delivered from the systems and patterns of thinking of this world. Okay, let me give you an example of this. The children of Israel, they were in Egypt. God delivers them with a mighty hand. They, he brings them out. These um, plagues, he plunders Egypt. They come out with riches of Egypt. They go through um, the Red Sea. God does amazing miracles. And then they get into the desert and realize God got them out of Egypt but he needed to get Egypt out of them. They still had Egypt thinking, right? They were still thinking according to the old systems and structures. And when it got hard, they're like, oh man, if only we could go back. Really, you wanna go back? You wanna go back and be slaves? Like, well, at least we had meat there, you know? What, Moses, you brought us out here because there were no graves in Egypt? Come on, what's the deal here, right? So he, God brings them out, but it took 40 years to get them thinking differently. It got them 40 years because they were reliant on this slavery system that they were tied up in, okay? It was a process to get the thinking of Egypt out of them. When we become believers, this needs to happen to us. We have to renew our thoughts. We have to be in the Word so that we're not encumbered by the systems and the way of thinking of this world, okay? All right, so how do you know if you're worldly? Let me give a, just a couple, a couple ways to know if you're, you're worldly. Um, one of the way, ways you know if you're worldly is if your ideas and what you think is important in life goes against the grain or not, <laughs> right? If everything you think and value and think is amazing never goes against the grain, you might be going like in the wrong direction, right? There, we should like bump into other ideals from time to time in this world if our minds are being renewed and if we have a different system of thinking, okay? If you don't bump, into, up, bump up into resistance every once in a while, you might be going in the wrong direction. Okay, what's important to the Christian and what's important to popular opinion are usually not the same thing, okay? What's important to the Christian, what's important to the believer, and what's important to popular opinion are usually, not always, but they're usually in sharp disagreement, okay? I'll give you, I'll give you an example of this. Um, my wife and I have a value to teach our kids to wait until they're married to have sex, Right? My wife and I both made mistakes before we were married, but when we started dating, we didn't sleep together until we were married. Right? 
And but why, one of the main reasons why is I wanted to be able to look my kids in the eye and tell them, we, your mom and I did this, and we want you to do this too. Listen, that is in sharp contrast, huge sharp contrast to anything that the world teaches. Huge sharp contrast. I, we have family members who like make fun of us for this. Like, oh, that'll never happen. It's like, no, it, I believe they can do it. I believe in them. I believe they can do it. I'm going to stand with them, okay? Um, that's just one example of like the values and things we believe are in sharp contrast, sharp disagreement with what the world values. The sanctity of life, that's a sharp contrast many times with what the world values, okay? So if you're not, if, 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 if you turn on your TV and every opinion they give, you're like, yep, 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 yep. You might be going in the wrong direction. Okay, I'm just saying. There should be some, no, I disagree, you know, that's happening. Okay, uh, how else do you know if you're thinking worldly or you're still encumbered by the things of this world? Here's another way. When the Bible says something is good, or the Bible says something is evil or wrong, you're like, oh, I don't, you know, you kind of choke on it a little bit, right? Uh, that, that will tell you that you still have some work to be doing. Now, to be fair, sometimes I read my Bible, and especially when I was young in the Lord, and this still happens to me. Sometimes I read my Bible, and I'm still kind of like, um, it still offends me sometimes. I'm like, really? God, really? That's what you would do? That's what you want? You know what I mean? Um, and, and when that happens... You know, what, you know what I do? I'm like, well, Lord, this is kind of going against the way I think and whatever, but maybe I need offended. Like, it offends me right now. Maybe, I, maybe I'm supposed to be offended right now. Like, let the word of God offend you if it's supposed to offend you, and then let it change you and let it transform you, okay? Some people are offended at the holiness of God, the beauty and perfection of God. Some people are offended at the mercy, the loving kindness, and the grace of God. You can't just let those people off. Like, you can't just let them go free. There has to be judgment, justice, that kind of thing, right? Okay, so when the Bible teaches something, that's maybe one way to know is if you're still thinking in the old system of ways, the old Egypt ways, is if you're not in agreement with the Scripture. And the more we read it, the more we let the Holy Spirit speak to us, the more we'll get in alignment with it. Okay, let me get into a, a couple applications, and, um, and then we'll, we'll wrap up here in a minute. <clears throat> All right, I got three applications for you today. Application number one, how to be free from worldliness. Number one is realize God is your source. Okay, God is your source spiritually, physically, emotionally. Jesus said this in John chapter 15, verses five through eight. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me, you are like a branch. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in, in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Watch this, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing, displaying yourselves to be my disciples. Okay? <clears throat> Listen, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning. The only way to be delivered from the, the systems of this world. Is to, let, is to be delivered into God's kingdom, okay? If you want to get free from the world, you have to make God your source. Okay, you, you need a source. <laughs> like these lights or lights that you plug into the wall, there is a source. They have a source of power. They have to have a source, right? What we as humans, we have to have a source. You're either going to have the world as your source or you're going to be plugged into the world or God as your source. There's really, and the only way to get away from the world systems and the, the world as your source is to get plugged into God as your source, okay? 
All right, that's point number one. Point number two, how to be free from worldliness. Make your relationship with God your highest priority. Not just like casual, make it your highest priority. Like every day of the week, everything you do, make your relationship with God your highest priority, okay? Um, This is kind of a big chunk of scripture, but I couldn't remove the punchline from everything that came before it, so I'm gonna just read it in context here. Matthew chapter six, verses 25 through 33. Jesus says this, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow uh, away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? By the way, that's contrasting to what the world teaches a lot of times. Yes, you are more valuable than the birds. Okay, are you more valuable than the birds? Yes, and God wants to take care of you. He takes care of the birds. How much more will he take care of you? Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life Quite the opposite, <laughs> right? Worrying people die, okay? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. In fact, you can die fast if you want to. Okay, verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not uh, labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was, even not Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So it's an issue of faith. It's an issue of trusting God, right, as your source. Um, So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans, or, or I'll say this, or the world, the world systems, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father, he knows that you need them, okay? Watch this, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Okay? He's, he's not saying you don't need clothes, you don't need food, you don't need shelter. Like those are human needs. He knows that. He's saying seek him first, put, make him your first priority. All these other things will be given to you as well. He knows you need money. God knows you need a job, right? But how will you know which job to take if you don't have seeking your relationship with God first, right? He's the one that will tell you if this promotion is actually good for you. Sometimes promotions are bad for people. Yes, it's more money, but does your family need that stress, right? Uh, he's the, listen, God doesn't mind you having things. He minds things having you. He's the one that can tell you if buying that boat is gonna be good for your family or not. Maybe it's gonna be great. Maybe it's a great time of recreation for you and your family. Maybe that boat's gonna bring some stress in your life and you should not, you know, I don't know, don't, please, please don't ever do this, put a card, you know, put a boat on a card, you know, I'm doing this like you're charging it, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> seek you first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all those other things you worry about, all those things you need, he will give to you, okay, how do you, how do you know what, um, how do you know what to do and what, where to go and what promotion to take and what not to take, make your relationship with God a priority, he'll tell you, he'll lead you, he knows what's best for you, amen, okay, Last point, point number three, how to live free from worldliness. Number three, live in view of eternity. Okay, it's huge. Eternal perspective is huge. Whenever I do a funeral, I always, like, I always stress, like, we have to have an eternal perspective. That's what help you mourn today, right? Getting through life, the highs and the lows, it's always important to keep in mind, have a context and a view of eternity, okay? Um, Matthew chapter six, verses 19 through 24 
Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moths and vermin destroy, where the thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Okay, he's talking about a, a, a viewpoint here. He's talking about a perspective. Your perspective of life, how you view things, how you view yourself, how you view money, how you view this world. He's saying if, if your eyes are good, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Okay? If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay? That's your perspective. He wants to give you a new view. He wants to give you a new perspective of this world, of money, of relationships, of sex, of you name it. He wants to give you a perspective that you would have a healthy view so that your whole body would be full of light. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one, um, either you hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, okay? I mentioned this already, but God doesn't mind you having money. He minds money having you. God doesn't mind you having things. He minds things having you. He wants to have ownership of you, right? That's why we have to put him first. I don't, I don't think he minds you being blessed and having tons of money. I just think he minds that that money is more important than has become your source, has become your God, okay? Okay, so this is living free. We're not, I'm not saying any of this, any of these things that Jesus said. Actually, if you're mad at me, just Jesus said, okay. So don't, don't shoot the messenger. None of what I'm saying here is to control. Everything of what I'm saying here is to free you because God wants you free. It is for freedom that he wants to set you free, right? Um, the reason why we submit our lives to Jesus is because he wants us free. The reason why we have a small group on financial, you know, financial peace is because God doesn't want you encumbered by the cares and the stresses of finances. He wants you free so you don't have to worry about those things, right? He wants us to be flexible and free and be able to, to do things, okay? He doesn't want us encumbered by all things in life. So some Christians are encumbered by the things of this world, the cares of this world. The, Jesus says that the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, those things choke out the fruit of God in our lives. And he wants us free. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.